0: the book of Luke, chapter 15. Luke, chapter 15. And I really need you all to pray for me. This is a very special message to me. I just need you all to pray for me. Can you pray for me? Yes, Amen. Amen. I know you're going to do it, so I'm just going to let it. Let it hang there. Luke chapter 15. We're going to read verse number 11 and onward. When you have it, say amen. 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 The Bible says, then he answered, and then he said, rather, a certain man had, how many sons, everybody? Two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood, and not many days after... The younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted the possessions with prodigal living. What kind of living, everybody? But when he had spent all, there arose a famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed what everybody? And when he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating and no one gave him anything, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's higher servants have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my daddy. Hello, somebody. And I'm going to say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and lay and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, father i have sinned against heaven and in your sight and i am no longer worthy to be called your son but the father said to his servants bring out the best robe put on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf what kind of calf everybody Hear and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this is my son. He was dead and yet is alive. He was lost and is found. And they begin to be what everybody. Amen. Now the older brother was in the field. My Lord. And as he came, he drew near to the house. He heard music and what everybody. Amen. So he called one of the servants. And asked, what is these, what these things meant? And he said to him, your bro has come back. (laughs) And because he has received him safe and sound, your daddy has killed the fatted calf. But he was, what everybody? And would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years... I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I may make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours who has devoted your, excuse me, devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf. I'm going to end right there. Today, I want to talk to you from the subject, the prodigal God. The prodigal God. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father God, I need you today. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to let you do it because I need another word today. We thank you for the service this morning, but Lord, we need a double portion right now. I need a double feeling right now. I'm weak. I am weak. I am tired. I am worn. I don't feel like preaching this, but I know you do. So, Lord, use me, bless me, and bless these people here in this place. Turn this place around and do something that only you can do. I'm asking God, please. For your mercy and grace to fall upon this place in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark. What book did I say, everybody? Mark chapter 12. You're going to need your Bibles just a little bit today. Is that all right? It's good to have a Bible in church. That, That makes sense, doesn't it? That makes a little sense. Mark chapter 12 and verse number 30. Mark chapter 12. And verse number 30. When you have it, say amen. Y'all pray for the preacher. My voice is trying to go out. I know. I feel you. Mark chapter 12. And you feel me, my, my sister. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Mark chapter 12 and verse number 30. The Bible says this, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. It's the what commandment, everybody? And the second is like unto it. Namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thy. There is none other commandment greater than these. There is no other commandment greater than these. I want you to notice something here. This is very interesting to me. Jesus points out that these two commands, if you will, are the greatest of all commands. Matter of fact, this was in response to a so-called teacher of the law trying to catch him in a, you know, trying to get him in a little trick. Are y'all with me? Trying to mess him up. Oh, yeah? Oh, really? You, you answering this? Okay, I'll tell you what. What's the greatest commandment, Jesus? And he told him these two are the greatest commands in the Bible. This is what is interesting to me about these commandments. These two commandments have absolutely nothing to do with behavior. Did did you notice that? The two commandments don't have anything to do with not committing adultery. Don't steal. Are y'all with me? Go to church on Sabbath. The commandments don't have anything to do with it. Have you ever noticed that? The commandments have something to do more with the position of the heart. It doesn't have anything to do with what you're doing. It has to do everything with who you are as a person. Are you with me today? The two greatest commandments in the Bible, according to Jesus, and we follow Jesus, amen, is it deals with the position of a person's heart. It has nothing to do with what you are doing. Why? Because, ladies and gentlemen, what you are doing is not necessarily an indication of where your heart is. But what you are will show an indication of what you will do. That's why Jesus said, hey, an orange tree is going to grow oranges. An apple tree is going to grow apples. Are y'all with me today? You're not going to get, ladies and gentlemen, peas out of a pod from a tree that grows apples. Because a tree is known by its fruits. Somebody say hallelujah today. So what we need today is we need a changed heart. We don't need behavioral change. Anybody can change their behavior. You can grab a person out of jail. Are y'all with me? And you can teach him how to come to church on Sabbath. Are y'all with me? You can train him up and show him this is how you walk when you come in the church at Glenville. This is how you talk when you're coming to church at Glenville, are y'all ready? Are y'all with me? And ladies and gentlemen, you have no idea what's going on in the person's mind. He could hate you as long as the day is long. He could be ready to cut you and slice your throat. Are y'all with me? But because he's got to show up here and look good before all of you, he will change and manipulate his behavior, but it doesn't necessarily mean that his heart was changed. So how do you know when a person's heart is changed? That's a good question. I mean, if we can't judge behavior, then how are we supposed to know? Because anybody can fake it just to make it. Anybody in here know about faking it? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I even had a, there was an Adventist preacher. What kind of preacher, everybody? He, He preached a sermon called faking it just to make it. That was the name of the sermon, and that was the subject of the sermon. I was, like, faking it to make it. He was like, sometimes you got to just do it even though you don't want to do it. And, ladies and gentlemen, that's true. But, saints of God, I want more than just doing stuff beyond. I I, I want to be able to want to do it. Come on, say amen. I, I need a heart transplant. I need a change. Come on, say amen. I've done enough visiting folk just because I'm trying to get on the credit ledger in heaven. I want to visit folk because I love them. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And so this is what we deal with. Most of the problems in our churches, most of the separation in our churches is, 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 is as a result of a misinterpretation of this text. Most people see this text and say, you've got to follow the law of God. If you're going to get to glory. Isn't that what most people say? It got quiet. That's why I know I'm telling the truth. Now, the Bible says this. The Bible says Jesus told his disciples in John 14 and verse 15. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. The word keep there is in the future tense. It means he's saying, If you love me or when you love me, you will keep my commandments. Are y'all with me today? When you love me, in other words, you're not going to love me after you start keeping them. You've got to love me first. Then you will see how I will keep them for you through the spirit of the living God. You understand what I'm saying to you today? In other words, ladies and gentlemen, God, ladies and gentlemen, marks you righteous before your performance. He says, bam, he's set free. Before you even do anything, before you ever set foot in a church, as soon as you say, I claim Jesus to cover me, he says, not guilty. Just like you've been doing it the whole time, even though you're a dirty scoundrel, even though you're a filthy liar even though you're stealing, even though you're robbing people. Are y'all with me today? But when you come to Jesus and you recognize what he's done for you, God stamps it down and says, you've been changed. (laughs) You're righteous. But the division, I I asked the question, how do you know a person's heart has changed if you can't look at behavior? What you can do to find out if a person's heart has changed is find out how they treat their brothers and their sisters. See, because when you're dealing with people, the real you gonna come out. Watch me now. Watch me now. Watch, watch me now. Not just dealing with people. When you're dealing with your brother and your sister. See, you can act around folks that ain't your family. Because you ain't got to hang with them long. You understand what I'm saying? When you go into an event, you go into a show or something like that, you can put on a nice gray suit with a pink tie and look good and everybody think you holy. But when you're living at home with your wife and you got to take your pants off to get in the bed. Are y'all with me? You got to take your shirt off to get in the bed. We can see just how fat and nasty you are. We can smell just how smell. Are y'all with me today? Your cologne ain't working while you in here. (laughs) And so how we treat others is the measurement by which God can reveal whether or not we really have been changed in our hearts. Boy, it got quiet in here. Ladies and gentlemen. This truth about a heart change, Jesus uses the parable of the prodigal son to reveal this truth. It's the most clear example of understanding it from the Bible. Are y'all with me today? It's one of the most beloved stories. And most readings of the story tend to focus upon the sins and the issues of the younger son. The Bible says this. Luke chapter 15 and verse 1. uh, Luke tries to tell us about who is really hanging around Jesus. And he tells us that there are two kinds of people who hang around Christ. Are y'all with me? And he shows the difference between the two. He says in Luke chapter 1, Then drew near to him all the publicans and the sinners for to hear him. And then the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners. Are y'all with me today? The first group are the tax collectors and the sinners. These are the men and women who correspond to the younger brother in the story. They observe neither the moral laws nor of the Bible, nor do they notice or observe the ceremonial purity laws as founded by the religious Jews. They engage in wild living and sought freedom from all forms of authority and control. But the second group is of listeners are those... Entitled the Pharisees and the Scribes, who are represented by the elder brother in the prodigal son's story. They held the, tradition, the traditional morality of their upbringing. They studied and obeyed the scriptures, and they worshiped faithfully and prayed constantly. With a few short words, Luke shows us how different each group's response to Jesus was. The Bible tells us that the tax collectors and the sinners were gathering around Jesus. Are y'all with me? These people constantly were attracted to Jesus. Sinners were attracted to Christ. They followed him. Are y'all with me? They followed Jesus. Who followed Jesus? Sinners and publicans or tax collectors. People who were using their own people for their own personal benefit. Are y'all with me today? You could call them drug dealers. They followed Jesus. They gathered around him. They liked hanging with him. Boy, it got quiet in here. They flocked to see him like bees to honey. And this phenomenon began to puzzle the religious people of Jesus' day. They said he welcomed sinners and publicans. And he got the nerve to eat with them too. Now see, back in those days, if you ate with somebody, you were calling them your friend. You were saying that he and I are just alike. Are y'all with me? And so they are complaining about Jesus dealing with these sinners. He welcomes sinners. He eats with them. How dare he eat and go out and deal with sinners like that? You see, in their minds, these type of people never came to their churches. They never showed up at their services. So it must be that Jesus is lowering his standard to fit theirs. Obviously, he's preaching to their itching ears. (laughs) and these people these two kinds of people sinners are y'all with me and religious people they hate each other to this day and it's the main cause of division in the church what we need to understand about this story is that the story is for Jesus gave the story for the elder brother. The truth is, most of our churches today are filled with older brothers who look down on sinners and publicans. That's why most younger brothers won't set foot in a church because they're scared and afraid of the judgment and the judgmental nature that elder brothers are willing to spew out on them by running them back out of the church. And the reason why they're running the church, ladies and gentlemen, the elder brothers, is because they're the ones who stayed at home. They're the ones who stuck it out. They're the ones who held to the tradition. They're the ones who've been working so hard to make their life look good. They are the moral conformists. They're in control of the church while the younger brothers are trying to get back in but can't. Ironically, both brothers think they're right, but the truth of the matter is they're both wrong. And someone asked, well, whose side is Jesus on? Is he on the younger side or is he on the old, older brother's side? Let me tell you, Jesus is for both brothers. He's what, everybody? He's for both brothers. But ladies and gentlemen, Jesus ain't on neither one of them's side. Excuse me. Jesus does not belong to either side. Because Jesus has his own side. Somebody say hallelujah. Jesus has a whole new paradigm. He's got a whole new way of life, ladies and gentlemen. It's completely separate and different from our mindset. Ladies and gentlemen, all the people in the world fit inside these two brothers' stories. Either you are a moral conformist and you're trying to merit yourself to be saved, or you are sick and tired of the moralists. You're tired of people trying to control you and you running out here doing anything you jolly well please. You either in one or the other. That's it. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, there are what we call Republicans and Democrats. Uh oh. Democrats are these liberals who run out here and just spend money and do everything they want to do and they don't still don't get nothing done and they come back asking for more money. Are y'all with me today? And the Republicans are like, no, you got to hold on the line. You can't give out money to nobody. You just got to hold on. And if they didn't earn it, they don't deserve it. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, we can't come up with a whole nother political party because there's only two parties in the world system it's the liberal party or it's the moral party. Are you with me? You got lawbreakers and you got law fakers. Are y'all with me today? <laughs> so Jesus tells this story because everybody fits in one or the other brother you can say whatever you want but ladies and gentlemen I want you to know can I just be uh, how, how, what do you say when you open up What what is that called when you, let me be transparent I've been both brothers are y'all with me I've been both brothers I've been a younger brother because I was born third in a group of three I was a younger brother hello somebody I was spoiled when everybody else had to do stuff I didn't have to do it because I was the cute one you with me? yeah yeah. I had the green eyes and the curly hair and I was so cute I didn't have to worry about nothing. Mama paid for everything. She did it. She's still doing stuff for me, even now. Still the baby. That's my baby. And then when I came to Christ, are y'all with me? And I was born again. Somebody say hallelujah. I was set free. Thank God for the freedom. Come on, say amen. But after a while, you get to dealing with folk and they mess in the church. Hello, somebody. And after a while, you get a little moralistic. After a while, you get a little girding under your feet. Are y'all with me? After a while, you get some, 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 some credit <laughs> behind your name. You start writing down stuff on your account in heaven. Went to go see sister so-and-so. Check. <laughs> Went and prayed for Brother Johns. And he was healed too. Double check. I wish I had help in here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I get double for that, Jesus. Had to deal with these knuckleheads up in here. No, they didn't get saved, but I'm sick of them. I got them out the church. Triple check. Didn't need to come up in here, anyhow. <laughs> And I became, spiritually speaking, an elder brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are y'all with me today? And so here we are in this story. Now, watch me now. Here we are in this story. Jesus tells the story. He begins with the younger brother. The younger brother, watch this. The younger brother comes and says, Daddy, I'm sick of your rules. I'm tired of you and your rules. I want my money. Just just give me my money. Now, of course, we know that in ancient times that when you said something like this, you were disrespecting your father beyond comparison. You're basically telling your father, Daddy, I wish you were dead so I can get what you got. Now, now watch this. The Bible says that he asks the father for his portion. But the Bible says this. This is an interesting twist. He says that the younger son asked for the money, but the both sons get the portion that belongs to them. Okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Did, did you catch that? Yeah. yeah. The younger son has enough nerve to do what he wants to do. Yeah. Just give me my money. But the older son, who's still in the house, he gets his. Even though he didn't ask for it. Are are you with me now? Now, keep note of that because I'm coming back to that. Now, watch this. The younger son, the Bible says, goes out. And he just lives as he jolly well pleased. Now, saints of God, I've been there. I don't know if you've been there, but I've been there so sick and tired of people trying to tell me what to do. I'm going to make my own rules. And the Bible says in Romans that as thinking on myself wise, I became as a fool. Left the house, left the church. I grew up in the church. Left the church. Are y'all with me? Ran out there, ran everything I could run with all the little bit of money I had. I probably could have been a millionaire by now. Ran out there, did everything I jolly well wanted to do, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what the younger son did. And the Bible says that, watch this now. Now this is how the devil works. The Bible says that the younger brother ran out of money. So he's at the party that he put together. He done brought everybody in in brand new Lexus limousines. You with me? So everything's going. The party's going. Everybody's jamming and everything. And his friends come over to him and say, Mike, listen, hey, listen, we need some drinks. Can you you give us your credit card? And he said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And they ran the credit card and the the credit card said, "Beep, beep, 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 no more funds. And the lights went out. The music stopped. And his friends... All the ladies that was with him. Oh, you lost your car. They came and repossessed it. I got to go. Sorry, sweetheart. Hey, Johnny. Can I ride with you? So he ran out of funds. Now watch this. This is how the devil works. He has no more money. Amen. Right when he loses his money, the Bible says there's a famine in the land. And isn't that just how it works? Right when you need somebody to help you, a famine happens, and now everybody's only concerned about themselves because they can't take no time out for you. Are y'all with me? Because you ain't nobody, anyhow. You definitely ain't family. And now there's a famine in the land. Everybody's now conserving their funds, conserving their resources. Are you with me today? And so here he is. He's got nowhere to go. He has no money. And the Bible says he finally joins himself to a man of, his, of that country. And the man puts him to work in the worst place a Jew could ever find himself puts him to work in the pig pen and that's just how the devil is. He makes sure that everybody knows you messed up. He makes sure everybody knows you still got them nasty kinks in your head. You can't even get your hair done. He makes sure that everybody knows that you fail. Are you listening to me? And nobody the Bible says nobody would give to him and that's how sin treats you so saints of God you can run out there by yourself all you want to you can go out there and sing for the devil all you want to and the money's going to roll for a while yeah, you're going to have a good time Mm -hmm. but everything in the world is temporary is what everybody (laughs) when time comes up one day the credit card's going to stop working one day your wallet's going to be empty Matter of fact, one day, somebody's going to take your wallet. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know when that happens, that's when everybody's going to act like it's a famine in the land and we can't help you. So you can run out there all you want to. Not only will you go to hell, but you're going to live in hell while here on this earth. If I'm going to go to hell, at least I want to live in a nice, posh palace somewhere. I mean, hey, if you're going to hell later on, you might as well live it up now, right? It don't work that way, though. And the devil makes sure it doesn't work that way. Are you listening to me? He's going to pull the rug out from under you sooner or later. I want you to look at every star that's in your head. Every singer, every uh, actor, celebrity, Hollywood star, every last one of them has one of these moments and they don't know what to do about it because they need Jesus. Come on, say amen. I say come to Jesus now. I don't need to go through all that. Come to Jesus now. The Bible says that finally he came to himself. I love this. He came to himself. He recognized who he really is supposed to be. Come on, say amen. The Bible says he recognized who his father was, but he didn't recognize fully. What he realized is that his father still had funds. His father still had the money, and he said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to grovel. I'm going to get on the ground. I've got a plan. I'm going to tell dad, God, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dad. I've done this before you. I've sinned against you, against the family, and God. That was his plan. And then he told his dad, he told himself that he was going to tell his dad, Dad, just make me a hired servant. Just make me a whatever body. A hired servant. What's a hired servant? A hired servant is somebody who gets paid for their work. Am I right about it? Just make me a hired servant, and I'll pay you back everything that I lost. And that's how we are sometimes as younger brothers. We come back into the church, but we're still working to be saved. Are you listening to me? That was his plan. I'm going to go back and I've got the plan when Jesus comes in my life. I've already got a plan set up, Jesus. Just give me enough footing so I can work my way back in and so he goes back to his father but what he does not count on is the compassion of the father Ladies and gentlemen, he is a far way off the Bible says. And before he even gets there, the father's already out on his porch looking for him. Been out there looking for him for year after year after year. He knows his son is coming back because he knows the devil's going devil's to whip up on him. Come on, say amen. He said, when the devil really gets him, I'm going to be standing right here. And he saw him and the Bible says he ran out to where he was. Lord thank you Jesus and the Bible says he fell on his neck come on say amen and he told his hired servants ladies and gentlemen he wouldn't even listen to what the, to what the son had to say the son was like daddy listen I, I want you to know I'm sorry and what I'm going to do I want you to make me a hire." son. he said shut up this is my son hey go get the, go get the robe go get the ring we're going to make you a son right up in here right now You ain't got to pay nothing back because if you have to pay back, you will not be my son. You will be a hired servant and you'll be a slave instead of a son. I will not let you have that relationship with me and so ladies and gentlemen he runs out to him and saints of God what most people don't know about this story is that ladies and gentlemen they had the legal right the people in the community had the legal right that if they ever saw or had their eyes cut upon this son again because of his disrespect for his father ladies and gentlemen they all could have stoned him the father runs out to the son to cover him from the stoning of the neighbors you know church folks (laughs) let me quit, let me quit because y'all ain't ready for that, let me quit and so he brings him back in kills the fatted calf, now I want you to remember something, I want you to see this, praise God for his grace, come on say amen praise God that he allows us back into the fold after we messed up but, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand. Listen to me. There is a cost to forgive you. Are you listening to me? There's a cost. Listen to me. Every time you sin against your brother, and somebody, and you are forgiven, every forgiven person in here, somebody paid the cost. Are you hearing me? Okay. When you get out there and get on drugs and lose and everything, somebody's got to send you to the drug rehabilitation center. And it ain't you. somebody got to let you back up in the house when you lose your go- job because you was being dumb. Somebody's got to put out their life for you. Oh, you don't want to hear that. (laughs) It costs, ladies and gentlemen, when you are forgiven, it costs to let you back up in the house. It costs somebody something other than you. Watch me now. The Bible says that the daddy came in, gave him the robe, killed the fatted calf, right? And they're in having a party. (laughs) but ladies and gentlemen there's another son who's living in the house and he just as lost as the one who left (laughs) watch this now the question is why is he so angry I don't understand. Your brother's back. You should be able to enjoy the joy of receiving one who, ladies and gentlemen, is a part of your lineage. You should be able to receive him back. But what we miss about the story is the part that I told you to remember. What was the part I told you to remember? I told you to remember that the younger son asked for it, but both sons got it. Are you with me? Okay, now, the younger son has done what? He's gone and lived a prodigal life. He's wasted away his money, his funds, his resources. So now, he's coming back into the fold. The father has made him a son again, which means he has a right to inheritance. What inheritance? He wasted his... No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 man, no, don't, don't tell me that dog, don't, don't, don't tell me that dog, don't tell me that baby, no, did you, did you say what I think you just said to me, you said my daddy put a robe on him, you said my daddy put a ring on him, gave him the credit cards to the account you said my daddy killed the fatted calf for that sorry joker doesn't daddy know that it's my money now See, when daddy gave the money up, he effectively passed the inheritance to the elder son. It was in alignment with tradition that when a father passes the uh, estate over, ladies and gentlemen, he gives the younger son one third and the older son two thirds. How many thirds, everybody? two-thirds. Why? Because the older son is the one that has to take care of the estate. He's got to procure the name. He's got to keep the name going. Progeny, the progeny going on and on and on. He's got to take care of the family. Are y'all with me today? And so when the younger son comes back, he's like, oh no, you ain't give. That's my robe you put on him. That's my ring you put on him. That's my calf that you killed. It's not even yours anymore, daddy. You gave it to me. How dare you let this joker back up in here? Do you know how many times I've had to pay for his disobedience? And the Bible says that he tells daddy this. He says, listen, when, listen, when your son left, he said, listen, I held to your commandment perfectly. Isn't that what he says? He said, I never transgressed your law. Not one time. And the Father doesn't even argue the point with him. Yeah, you did come to church on Sabbath morning early. Yeah, you did read your Sabbath school lesson. Yeah, you did, ladies and gentlemen, go and heal people in my name. But have you changed? Have you changed? Are you with me? I never transgressed your laws. And you got to unmitigated gall to kill the fatted calf for him. Now watch this. I want you to see this. This is an incredible statement by this young, young man, the elder son. Watch this now in Luke chapter 15 and verse 29. You with me? It say, I want you to read this. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years have I been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment when? I never did at any time. Then he says, And yet you never gave me. Gave who? A young goat or a calf that I might make merry. Not with you. With my friends. You with me? He tells the father, You never killed a fatty calf for me so that I could go and party with my homies. I don't wanna have anything to do with you either. The only reason why I'm in here doing the right thing is so I can get what you got, so I can control what you got. I just wanna run the church, it's my church are you going to let these jokers come back up in here trying to run something, trying to be on the board? Please. Are you kidding me? They've been out there doing all that dirt. I stayed in this church. I grew up with Ellen White's friends. (laughs) You ain't going to tell me they're going to come up in here and start making changes. Are you out of your mind trying to take part of my inheritance? You must be crazy. This ain't your church anyhow. It's my church. Really? Really? You're going to let him back? Really? You're going to make him or something? Really? And so the elder son's inheritance has to be split again. It costs something for you to sin and be forgiven. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? We have to absorb your mess. And that's the pain that a lot of people feel who've been holding the line for so long. Listen, I felt that. I know what it's like. I've been living right so long, and now here they come, and they do all they want to do, and then they get the same credit I do, really but that's the kingdom we live in saints of God we live in a grace filled kingdom what the son the elder son doesn't know is that the father hasn't just been prodigal with the younger son he's been prodigal with the older son you think the father didn't know the older son didn't love him He knew the older son only wanted the inheritance, but he loved him anyway. He took care of him anyhow. He gave him his inheritance even though he didn't ask for it. He did everything for his older son and his younger son. Are y'all with me today? The one who is wasteful with his love is the father. He's wasting his love on two young men who who never reciprocated. He's a prodigal God. Come on, say amen. He loves us. You think he didn't know that the older son wished he was dead? The older son would have stabbed him in the back if he ever got a chance. But listen, the father loved him anyhow, and the father still loves you. Even though you're in the church and you've disrespected his word. Even though you're in the church and you've disrespected people who've come back in. Even though you're in the church and you still think it's your church instead of God's church. God still loves you. He loves you. Watch what Jesus says here. Excuse me, what what Jesus says the father says. In response to what the son has said. Verse 30. As soon as this son of yours, look, he won't even claim his brother. As soon as your son comes back and has devoured all his livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatter calf for him. Verse 30, I love this part. And he said to him, son, you're always with me and all I have is yours what's the father saying there he's saying son you've got me and you've got the goods there's nothing else I can give you what else do you want ladies and gentlemen if you've been in the church for a while God wants you to know (laughs) you've got him and all his blessings they're always there for you they're always ready to be given to you are y'all with me you've got every gift of the spirit you've got everything you need it's all in the house there's no reason to complain God loves us come on say amen he loves you even when you acting crazy. He loves you even when you act like you didn't do nothing wrong. And we all know that that's a lie. He loves you irregardless. He loves you anyhow. That is a blessing. Come on, say amen. The interesting thing about this story is that Jesus uses this story and he tells us... <clears throat> let me say this it was the tradition are you with me throughout jewish society that the elder son is responsible for the younger siblings are you with me so when a younger sibling goes off when a younger sibling messes up when a younger sibling trips up When a younger sibling gets caught up in jail, when a younger sibling, ladies and gentlemen, gets all messed up and discombobulated and unable to do what he can do. Ladies and gentlemen, it was the elder son's responsibility to go looking for the young. Oh, I wish I had help in here. I want you to notice this. This parable is within three parables. How many parables? The first parable is the parable of the lost sheep. Are you with me? The lost sheep. And what happens? The sheep gets lost from the 99 others, and the shepherd goes and finds the sheep and brings the sheep back on his shoulders, and they have a celebration, and everything's fine. The second parable is the parable of the lost coin. The lost what, everybody? A woman loses her coin, and the Bible says she sweeps up and down, looking painlessly, all ladies, tirelessly, rather, all through the house, and finally she finds the coin. She looks for the coin, and she finds it. Come on, say amen. And when she finds it, she celebrates. She calls the community around her and says, "Listen, this coin that I lost, I found it. But this parable is different. It's the parable of the lost son. Here is a son who is lost, but nobody goes to find him. Why didn't anybody go find him, Myron? Because the older brother is too good. Listen to me. This parable tells us that there are two ways to be lost. How many ways to be lost? The first way is to leave God, to be evil and bad and do evil and bad things. That's the first way to be separated from God. Are you with me? To break God's law. That's the first way to be separated from God. The second way to be separated from God is to be good. He's so good. He's so holy. He's so righteous. He's so perfect that he can't even go into the party and the celebration with his father and his no brother. He's too good to be saved. (laughs) And so it's possible to be in the church and be living righteously and be living perfectly according to the law, according to what everybody else sees and still be lost. Because, ladies and gentlemen, even though your behavior has changed, your heart is still broke up. Because you don't even want to be in the family that you were born into. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? It's possible to be too good to be lost. when you look throughout scripture ladies and gentlemen you will notice that just about every older brother never, listen to me never took the responsibility to seek the younger it started from Cain Cain was so bad he went off and killed his brother Next, you got Esau. Are you with me? He's so selfish and so self-focused. He don't care about his brother. He don't care about nobody else. And he lost the birthright and everything else because he was too busy being good. (laughs) Then there was Ishmael. Ishmael started ranting and raving over uh, Isaac. (laughs) Y'all with me? And So they had to get rid of him. He had to go. And then, ladies and gentlemen, there's another younger brother story. It's the story of Joseph. He's got 12 older brothers. (laughs) 12 older brothers. Not one, 12. And every last one of the 12 shrunk their responsibility. Matter of fact, they made it their business to find a way to sell their younger brother into slavery. That ain't right. (laughs) And so the story of the prodigal son begs the question, who can be my older brother? Who's going to come in and save the day? Because I don't know how many of you may know this, but the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there is no one that is good. No, not one. The Bible tells us that there is evil in our hearts continually. Ladies and gentlemen, we all have left the house of God. Are y'all with me today? All of us are lost. We need an older brother. Somebody who can come and get us. Who's our older brother? His name is the Rose of Sharon. His name is the righteous one of Israel. His name is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's our older brother. And ladies and gentlemen, when time came, when the appointed time was up, ladies and gentlemen, he put off his crown of royalty. He said, I don't want the inheritance without my younger brother. I will go down. I will find my younger brother. I will find him. I will bring him home. I will bring him safely back. I will make sure that he's got everything he needs because that's my job. That's who I am. I'm the older brother and I'll take care of the business for you, daddy. That's why the Bible says that when time comes he's going to pass judgment over to the son. The father isn't even going to judge us. It's going to be the son. Because the Bible says that Jesus is going to be our judge. Why? Because if we don't receive his love, we can't receive anything. He said, listen, they said, Jesus, why'd you come here? He said, I came that I might seek and save that which was lost. Jesus is our older brother. He loves you. He loves you, saints. He loves you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? He put down glory for you. The Bible says, ladies and gentlemen, he humbled himself. Below that of an angel, he became like sinful human man. And ladies and gentlemen, he became like one of us because he wanted us to recognize that he loves us. And Ellen White tells us that he can never go back. He will always be human how much he loves you. Before he was omnipresent. He could be anywhere at once. But ladies and gentlemen, when he became a human being, there was no turning back. He lost his divinity on that level for you. That's why when he left, he said, listen, I'm going to send another comforter because I can't be with you everywhere at once anymore. I'm just a human being. So what I'm going to do is send the Holy Spirit and he's going to speak for me. He's going to be my witness. He's going to live in you and he'll be with you. So ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are, Jesus can be with you. Not because of his physical presence, but because of the power of the Holy Ghost. He gave up divinity so that he could save humanity. That's what I'm telling you today. It costs something to save you. It costs something to forgive you. He had to give up half his kingdom just to let you back in. And here we go. We run out here and we lie on people in the church. And we run people down in the church and we treat people badly in the church and we forget what God has done. He loves you, saints. He took a one way trip. A one way trip. I wouldn't have done it. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> if you had me as a savior, good luck. But Jesus loves you. He gave his life for you in more ways than one. And all he's asking you is to respond. Just recognize what I've done. Can you acknowledge that I came to save you? Won't you please just respond? As the music plays. I know it's been a long sermon, but I had to get it out. And I know I'm not your conventional preacher. I understand that. But God just tells me to do it the way he tells me. saints, God, listen to me. He loves you so, I wish I could just transfer the understanding to you. He's such a powerful God. And the one thing he can't do is save you against your will. He can't do it. That's the whole point of the parable. He's trying to tell the Pharisees, I can't save you if you feel you don't need to be saved. You've got to humble yourself like he did. And he had no reason to humble himself. The Bible says he never sinned. Yet he became like one of us. So we should be like minded. Come on, say amen let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who gave his life for sinful humanity the Bible says he came to his own and his own didn't even recognize him because he wasn't pretty enough he didn't have a crown on his head then maybe we would have recognized him but he was just a regular old somebody somebody Ladies and gentlemen, he took all that off for you. He took all the jewels, all everything. He laid it at his father's feet. He said, Daddy, I'm going to take care of my business. Daddy, you take care of mine. He loves you, saints. That's all I'm here to tell you, really. He loves you. He will do anything to save you, he will. And he is. Someone here needs to say, Lord, I'm responding to your love. Lord, I want to be changed, not just on the outside, but on the inside. God, I want a new heart and a new spirit. That's what I want. And I'm asking you, I'm begging you, God, do it for me like you did for the younger brother. Do it for me like you did for David. Do it for me, oh God, like you did for everybody else. Do it for me. If that's you, I want you to come here. We want to pray for you. You want to say, God, I want you to change my heart right now. Take out my stony heart of flesh and give me a new malleable heart to your will because God only you can do it listen God I've tried to change my behavior it don't work because as soon as I get a chance I go right back to doing what I used to do I need a change praise God saints praise God is there somebody else you want to say God I'm tired of playing the game (laughs) I am tired of playing the morality game I will not do it any longer. I'm going to let you do it or it won't get done. Either you're going to change me or I won't be changed. If that's you, come on down. God wants to do it for you. He wants to do it for you. He loves you, saints. He loves you no matter who you are. He loves the older brother and the younger brother because they're all a part of his family God loves you he knows what you really need he knows what you really need somebody praise the Lord for these people who've come praise God hallelujah is there someone else today (laughs) is there someone else today Listen, I told you earlier, I've been the, old, the younger and the older. It's so easy to be an older brother when you're sitting in the church for years and years. But God can change you. Come on, say amen. He can change you. He can cause you to have a love for people who you never would even give a moment of your time. He will cause you to love people that you can't stand. He can do it. I'm telling you from experience, I know what I'm talking about. This is not just something I read. I'm telling you the straight up truth. God can do it. He can give you patience for a wayward son, for a wayward husband or a wayward wife. He can give you love beyond your capacity.